You are listening to the Girl Boss Chat Series podcast. I'm your host, Kylie Richardson. Just to give you a little bit of a backstory on who I am, I am a life coach for female entrepreneurs, and I also am the founder of the Business Builders community, which is based in New Zealand. Whilst I now call Christchurch New Zealand home, I am originally from Australia and made the move over the ditch about 12 years ago now. I'm super passionate about the girl boss community and surrounding myself with like-minded women. And I realized that there was an opportunity to create a platform to share stories of other women in business, to inspire and to motivate and to help build a really supportive community of girl bosses in New Zealand. Hence the creation of this podcast. I really hope that you get as much value out of this as I have from creating it. And I would absolutely love any of your feedback with regards to the podcast. I want this to be a platform that you love listening to. I want to be delivering interviews and content that you want to hear. So please definitely get in touch. Without further ado, let's jump in. Hey, Kristen, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Kylie. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day today to have a chat with me on the podcast. It is awesome to have you here and I can't wait to um, to get into it and start chatting. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Amazing, amazing. So um, just for the listeners, do you want to perhaps introduce yourself and, and let them know who you are and what your business is? Mm, yeah, sure. So I am Kristen Watt <laughs> um, <laughs> and I run a co-working space in Auckland called The Workshop. We have been running about two years now to be two years in May and we have a community of purpose-driven business owners and entrepreneurs we have a big focus on health and wellness and consciousness so that's kind of what I do amazing amazing and so I obviously you spoke at the girl boss chat series event um in February so some people have had the pleasure of, of hearing your story as I have um but how about you I, I mean I love how you kind of got into got into starting the workshop and a little bit about your journey. So do you want to maybe just take us back? Cause obviously people are going to pick up on the fact that you don't have a Kiwi accent. <laughs> so maybe, <laughs> maybe take us back, back to how, how you arrived in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've been in Auckland just over four years now. I'm originally from mm-hmm. Canada. So that's a Canadian accent. Yeah. Not American. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Many people get it wrong. Um, yeah. Originally from Lennon, Ontario. I, Grew up in Canada and then moved to Calgary and so spent some time there um, working in oil and gas. And so I was an oil trader for a few years um, and ended up in Auckland. Actually, very kind of randomly, I got laid off um, from my trading job Mm -hmm. when markets kind of started turning. And that was about four and a half years ago. And so it forced me in a direction that I don't think I would have otherwise chosen. And it was hands down the most uh, incredible thing that has ever happened to me. And so <laughs> found, yeah, just found myself traveling and, you know, just really feeling, I think, lost in a lot of ways, um, you know, trying mm-hmm. to find myself as, as most people would say. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and met a bunch of Kiwis traveling. I had a girlfriend that had moved here years ago and just honestly figured I'd give it a go. And so it kind of happened all really quickly. And mm-hmm. I didn't really expect the visa to come back so quickly. And, and then just landed here and started working on a few different business ideas. Um, 
the life that I had trading was not something I really ever wanted to go back to. It was very empty and hollow and, and not very fulfilling when you're, I think when you're in Mm -hmm. it, when you're caught up in it, um, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's really exciting and really challenging and it's very fast paced, but the, the lifestyle I was living is not, um, was not really who I wanted to be. And so had no idea what was next. And, um, and you found a whole community of, uh, entrepreneurs and, uh, and startups in, in Auckland. And I think the one great thing about New Zealand is that um, entrepreneurship in general and small businesses really thrive. Like it's one of the easiest cities or countries in the world to start a business mm-hmm. in. And so I think yeah, um, that combined with, you know, some of the Kiwi mentality means that there are a lot of um, startups and entrepreneurs and there's a whole ecosystem in Auckland that didn't exist where I was mm-hmm. living, you know, in Calgary, yeah. everything is oil and gas and you're climbing the corporate ladder and that's the only thing you're exposed to. And so Mm-hmm. Yeah, just started working on different business ideas and um, was running one business for an, a little while, a number number of months, um, probably just over a year and realized it was a platform that connected entrepreneurs um, with professionals. So lawyers and accountants mm-hmm. and developers. And I realized in that process that all of my energy, you know, all of my excitement and the, the fulfillment I was getting was really from my customer follow-up calls and hearing about people's stories and uh, their challenges and really understanding um, what was going on for them and, you know, what made them tick. And, and that, you know, really wasn't what the, um, what the core business was. And so we ended Mm -hmm. up starting the workshop uh, in May of 2017, we launched. And so it began with me and a business partner as a bit of a side project and it quickly, um, quickly unfolded that <laughs> starting a co-working space is not a side project at all. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's also incredibly fulfilling to, um, it's, I think a really unique business where you're building a community of people and it has a life of its own, you know, like you're constantly mm-hmm. surrounded by your customers and, um, and the people really, the people that you have in the community really make it. So the value that everybody else is getting um, out of the space has very little to do with, you know, me and what we do. It's a lot to do with the other people that are around. And so that's, I think um, there's so many different things go into making that work. And that's what I spend a lot of my time thinking about doing now. And so I took over the business on my own in January ish Mm -hmm. of 2018. So just over a year ago Mm -hmm. and We've been growing ever since. Awesome. Awesome. So what happened to the other, so you said you had another business that you were working on that kind of transitioned into to the workshop. Um, is that other business still running or did you shut that down or how did that, how did that eventuate? No. So I decided to shut that down after a number of months of running both businesses in parallel. And so um, mm-hmm. because El Huddle, the, with the other business, because they both, target entrepreneurs you know there there could have been some good synergies and there was definitely some overlap in the in the customer and the the target mm-hmm. market but to be honest with you running two startups is completely unfeasible for yeah. one human and i think yeah <laughs> classic classic entrepreneur syndrome to just try to spread yourself too thin and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i realized um I realized that my heart wasn't in it anymore and I, and I made it, yeah, a very difficult decision, um, to shut the other business down. And we had some great feedback on it from both sides, but the reality of, you know, I think any business, but definitely a marketplace business is that it takes a very long time to get it off the ground and to become, you know, get it to the point where it's even remotely profitable. You need lots Mm -hmm. of scale to make a business like that work. You need 
a lot of time and energy to make any business work. And if you're not in it for the long haul, you shouldn't be in it at all. And so absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm really, and I'm really passionate about empowering women and supporting women to grow. And uh, while the workshop isn't exclusively for women in any way, it's much more aligned with that vision for me personally and, mm -hmm. and my fulfilling my purpose. And so made that decision. Um, yeah, just, I can't remember when it would have been, but, uh, yeah, actively decided to close that business down and focus on uh, the workshop a hundred percent. And that has mm -hmm. been a very good choice, but definitely not without, um, you know, a bit of a heavy heart and a very difficult, to be honest, a very difficult conversation with my investor who had put in uh, money to, to see the business through. And, um, and that was, I guess, just one of the challenges along the way that you, you deal with, um, and difficult things that you run into, you know, not every decision is easy and not every challenge is, um, yeah, is, uh, is something that you can get, move through, but it's, it definitely uh, yeah. contributes to your growth in an incredible way. Yeah, absolutely. So are you, um, so in Canada, you obviously in a, in a career position, did you like always know that you were going to get into business for yourself as a kind of the, the career, something you kind of fell into because that was felt like it was the only option or, or was the entrepreneur thing a later, later in life bug that you caught? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting because I, I think, so my dad owns his own business, but the world of entrepreneurship and the idea of running your own business was never really ever presented to me as an option. And it's really interesting mm -hmm. that I think this just really speaks to the fact that you are, you end up on a path that's created by your environment, you know? So if you don't know mm -hmm. that certain things are available or you don't, you're not surrounded by certain people or certain um, opportunities, you wouldn't even, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so yeah, I, um, I think I've always been very much drawn to challenge. And so the, the harder something is, or the, the, <laughs> um, the more challenging it is, you know, the more exciting it is for me. It's like, how can I, I'm, I'm a problem solver. Like I love to make things work. And so, uh, and I also, you know, I have a very analytical mind. And so trading for me was, um, incredible cause I'm, you know, I'm good with numbers and it was, very fast paced. And it was, there was a lot of autonomy given to me in my role. Um, so it was effectively like a small business in and of itself, because you're yeah. responsible for your own book. And so you're, you know, down to the dollar, how good you are at your job and you're making mm -hmm. deals happen. And, um, and you're, it's, it all kind of comes down to you, whether you make it fly. And so I think that that, for that reason, um, you know, the corporate job or the corporate ladder was in a lot of ways, similar to, to sort of what I do now. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't think I was ever really employable. Like it's so funny yeah. <laughs> thinking about like I've always wanted to do things my own way. I've never liked authority. I've never um I've you have to explain to me why a rule exists before I'll follow it because I need to understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not I can't just take things at surface value. I'm always questioning things and I think that's a, yeah. like again, probably a very similar um mentality to a lot of entrepreneurs. It's not yeah. that um you know, it's not it's not about, um, it's not about doing things or saying no to authority or, you know, doing it for the sake of doing it. It's mm. like you have to explain to me yeah. why this is the best way, or I want to find a better way. And so, yeah. um, I think in a lot of ways that doesn't work in very many ways that doesn't work in the corporate world. And so, <laughs> yeah. um, I could never, like, if this doesn't, if this all goes to shit, I could never, ever go back to corporate because I just wouldn't like, I wouldn't be able to thrive there. And so, like I said, when I moved to Auckland, there's this whole new world of different, you know, a different ecosystem that opened up and 
all of these people working on all these cool things and just doing things. And it's like, oh my God, like I didn't even know you could just start a business. Like it was, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was completely new. And so I think it's always probably been in my, in my blood, but I didn't realize, yeah. uh, I didn't realize that it wasn't a great fit for me in corporate <laughs> until, yeah. until in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, I guess that that's kind of one of the things that a lot of people worry about is that they, you know, if they, they weren't brought up around that or if that wasn't a possibility for them that they can't class themselves as an entrepreneur or get into something on their own. But, um, you and, and a lot of the other people that I've spoken to, um, have kind of just, it's been a, almost a, a natural pro, a transitional progression, um, because they've felt that they haven't, haven't, <laughs> haven't fit in the corporate, in the corporate box, like in terms of, um, just going with the flow and doing what you're told, <laughs> doing what you're told, um, without good reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I, I think to be honest with you, the, um, the idea of being an entrepreneur and starting a business has become very sexy, you know, in the last few years, mm-hmm. like it's, uh, it has a different sort of connotation than it, I think, than it used to. And so I think there are a lot of people that want to be an entrepreneur because it sounds cool. And, mm-hmm. and I, I equally think that there's, you don't have to, you're not born an entrepreneur in any way. I think some people, you know, have an, a real innate curiosity and sort of a craving for more. I think, mm-hmm. I think the difference between whether, you know, whether you should or shouldn't start your own thing is, is whether, you know, you feel safe in the corporate environment and that that's something that really fulfills you. Or mm-hmm. if you are comfortable taking on the risk of, um, of it's a risk reward thing, right? Like starting your own thing and risking it not working out, but also having, being exposed to the massive opportunity that it could. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that there's no, you know, right or wrong and there's no, you know, you're born a certain way. Um, but I think yeah. it, it comes down to, you know, what, what's right for you and doing it for the right reasons, you know, because ultimately starting, you have to have a purpose behind it. Like starting a business mm. is really, really hard. And, um, yeah. and there are a lot of, um, a lot of people that maybe you're just better off getting, you know, getting a job that you really enjoy, you know, um, mm-hmm. cause you have to make as an entrepreneur, you have to make decisions. You have to make things up all the time and you have to be comfortable knowing that you're going to fuck it up a lot. <laughs> yes. So sorry. I probably, I probably should have asked you if I'm allowed to swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yes, you're definitely allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But that, that's part of it. I mean, ultimately back to that risk reward thing, all of the, um, the benefits fall onto you and it works out well, but ultimately all of the, um, all of the failures do too, you know, you have to take ownership for all of the things that, you know, that you might mess up and, and that's mm-hmm. okay. I think you have to really love that process. Like for me, that the journey of personal growth has been incredible and one of the you know most challenging and also the most rewarding things, but some people, you know, really yeah. hate that and that's not fulfilling for them and I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Um, in terms of personal development stuff, is there anything that you have done specifically or is, is it just kind of part of your journey? Like what, what's your, your personal development routine throughout the years? Mm. Oh my goodness. I am like a, uh, a personal development junkie. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think probably the biggest thing is just having a natural curiosity for things. So mm-hmm you know, constantly learning whether that's, you know, whatever form that is for you. For me, I'm a terribly, horrendously slow reader. So I listen to a lot of audio books. I listen to yeah. a ton of podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. I That's why mediums like this are great because you can 
put it on when you're doing dishes or when you're commuting in the car. That's yeah. why podcasts are, are a great one for me. Um, mm -hmm. Probably the most pivotal thing, and this is a great testament to what you do, is um, getting myself a coach. So yes. I see a coach <laughs> and have been for the last probably year and a half. And mm -hmm. I've been seeing her once a week for that whole time. And I can tell you there it's financially, it's a big commitment. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I think that's an important piece of it because if you're not paying a lot for something or you're not paying something that feels tough, like it's not, yeah. you don't invest the same amount mentally. And yes. you know, if you're paying a lot of money for something, you're in it, like you're in the game, you have skin in the game. Yep. I think that's an important piece of it. But I can tell you through all of the financial struggles I've been through over the last like two years, the first mm -hmm. person that gets paid is my coach. <laughs> like it is the only yep. <laughs> thing I have because, you know, I could go, I could go without eating a couple meals for a week and, yeah. and I, I would not be in the same place if I stopped paying her. It's just, it's a really powerful tool. I think to have somebody point out your blind spots and reflect things back to you and, and see things that you can't see um, mm -hmm. is something that you just can't get on your own. So I think that that is, has definitely been of all of the, you know, podcasts and tools I have, um, and groups I'm a part of, that's definitely been mm -hmm. the most, um, it's moved the needle the most for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the, the, you're kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of that, you know, you're meeting with her regularly. She's keeping you accountable. She's, you know, asking you those questions. Like I know, myself included in the past I have bought courses and trainings and gone to you know like free workshops and seminars and I've done all of the things but the thing that makes me take the most action and get the most done and have the best results is having somebody that's checking in with me well I'm checking in with them and that I have had to invest in so I mm. I mean coaches need coaches I think everyone need coach everyone needs coaches you need to you need to have that that person there, especially if you're the sort of, um, you know, person that's, I guess, jumping all in in something as well, like yourself with, with such a huge, huge undertaking, opening up the, the co-working space, um, I guess like from a financial commitment, but also from a, from a life and a time, time commitment, like it must, you must invest a lot of hours of your life into the business as well, surely. Yeah, definitely. I think back to just what you were saying about coaches need coaches. I think, um, mm -hmm. Some some people view coaching or, you know, any kind of personal development as a little bit scary because it's like it means there's something wrong with you. And I was actually listening mm. to um, one of Tim Ferriss's podcasts yesterday with the um, the ex-CEO of Google, Eric Schmidt. And so mm -hmm. um, just him talking, like Eric Schmidt says, you know, everybody needs a coach, <laughs> him included. So you're, yep. you're the CEO of one of the world's most powerful companies and you have mm -hmm. a coach, right? And one of the things that they said, and it's such a good point, it's like, do um, do Olympic athletes or like elite tennis players, do they have coaches? Well, absolutely, because mm. if they want to be top of their game. They need somebody that's pointing out all the things that they can't see. So to think that yeah. you're ever, you know, you're ever done or you just have it nailed, like you're, you just, you never, there's no top. There's only mm -hmm. continued, continued growth. And I think yeah. it's more than just accountability. It's, um, it's pointing out the, the times that you're lying to yourself because we all do it. Like, yes. <laughs> Last, last week is, and I, so I've been seeing, you know, seeing my coach for the last yeah 18 months and building mm -hmm. a business for two years. And, um, and so last week we had this, uh, team meeting and, you know, there's two, two new opportunities that came up in the team meeting that I got super excited about. It's like, um, things that we can introduce in the community. And 
you know, I ran the buyer and I'd already done all these brainstorms on them. And, um, and I sat down with my coach and it, I realized in the session that both of them were, you know, not even big opportunities. They financially, they were very tiny. Um, they were mm-hmm. just distracting me away from the core business. And what they were really doing was, you know, my exciting, fun way of just avoiding sales. And so if I just invest yeah. the, the time and energy, I was going to take oh, into these things, these bright, shiny objects, um, and I just put them in sales, it would like be night and day what, what it would do for the business. But it was way easier for me to, you know, look at these opportunities and try to go down, you know, that, like that, that mm-hmm. tangent. Um, and if I didn't have her pointing out, like challenging me on it and pointing out the fact that, yeah. am I actually just avoiding the hard shit? Um, and is yeah. that what I'm doing? And, and I ha- had, I not had that, you know, the, the opportunities, you know, are still there. They would be great for the community, but they're not what I should be focused on. And if I didn't have somebody challenging me, so it's more than just accountability. It's somebody that challenges you on your bullshit. I think a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's a really powerful <laughs> thing. So, so true. And I, you know, having your, you know, your focus honed in on what is actually important and being able to recognize whether it's, it's, I guess, delay tactics from, you know, av- avoidance tactics is probably a better term, you know, staying away from the stuff that scares you. Um, I am 100% <laughs> guilty of, of doing the exact same thing. <laughs> like the amount of things that I've kind of, I've like dove my energy into um, that I just in like hindsight was like, actually, that was just me not wanting to step up in another area of my life or business. Um, so it's, awesome to be able to have somebody that you can you can bounce those off that really can help you recognize recognize where your focus really should be and and I guess cause you or um encourage you to develop yourself further as a result because it's just gonna catapult your business tenfold if you can kind of keep your your blinders on and just keep focused definitely definitely um so with regards to building the workshop, um, you obviously started that from from nothing. There was no masses of, of clients waiting on your wait list to get into the space. How how have you, um, I guess, channeled your marketing and how have you brought people into the business? That's a good question. Um, I think marketing in a lot of ways. So first of all, we all of these things that you would probably do in hindsight, if you, if you could do it all over again, we, when we launched, Mm -hmm. we, everything, you know, as you know, in every business and every project was delayed. And so we ended up, what I would do in hindsight now is build demand before we even launched, before we ever signed off on any lease documents so that we knew we Mm -hmm. had a solid customer base going in, which would have been really easy to do. But the reality of it is everything is so uncertain throughout that process. And you're, you're just focused on what's next, you know, just in time, just mm-hmm. in time. So getting our funding from the bank, getting, you know, all of these loan documents through, um, trying to secure that, trying to negotiate this lease with the landlord. Um, and then, you know, furnishing the place and outfitting it, all mm-hmm. of those things were the focus when we launched. And so we actually got the keys to the place two days before we were supposed to launch. <laughs> so we, wow. had, we, didn't have, we didn't have the luxury of. Um, of building up demand and a customer base before we were like thrown into the deep end with this hefty, um, uh, hefty lease. And mm-hmm. it, you know, I mean, it all worked out in the end and it really kind of, when your back is against the wall, it, it really shows you what you're made of, but marketing mm-hmm. has really been a lot of trial and error. You know, I think there's, 
for every business, there's not just one channel that's, you know, you hit it out of the park and that's it, you're done. I think mm -hmm. it's constantly evolving and constantly seeing what works and what doesn't and being comfortable try, trying things and knowing that some things are going to fall flat. So we have, I guess, currently the main source of our customers, we get a lot of traffic from events. So we get a lot of people mm -hmm. coming through for events um, because we host incredible events like yours within the space. There's mm -hmm. a lot of women's focused events, a lot of women in business. There's a lot of um, events around consciousness and connection, sustainability in business. All of the events kind of in those in that realm really helps us because people that are really values aligned with us come to those mm -hmm. events. And if they're running their own business, they see it's a great place. They connect with some people and that's what co-working is all about. So we get a yep. lot of um, a lot of people through from events. Mm -hmm. We also are listed on a few uh, a few sites that where people would go to to find co-working spaces. And then mm -hmm. we, funny enough, get a lot of traffic from SEO, so organic search, which means for those that don't know, um, just people searching, you know, co-working Auckland or shared space Auckland. So we do get traffic that way, which is something that I'm only recently started exploring actively. Mm -hmm. And that has been a really great channel for us. And a lot of the other stuff, you know, you try certain things, you try partnerships. Um, we've done some Facebook advertising, you know, a little bit of Google ad stuff, all kinds of things that I don't think, you know, especially every industry, every business, every uh, market is so different. So you won't know what works for you until you give it a go. And so trying, trying to do things uh, with, in sort of brief tests. So it's like, let's throw mm -hmm. this amount of time and money and at this and see if it works. Are we getting results? Are we not? Let's move on. Yeah. So that's the marketing strategy is ever evolving. Yeah. <laughs> Trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now I did know that I, I noticed that when I was uh, at the February event that I met a guy that was um, from overseas. Do you have, uh, I guess, some, international people coming in and, and hanging out in your space for a while or is it predominantly people that are based locally to you um we have a bit of both so mm -hmm. we probably have fewer travelers uh you know people that stay with us for a couple of months but funny enough yeah. we actually have a lot of international people in general so people that have moved to Auckland mm -hmm. and made that their home we actually at the moment we're creating this community wall of all of our residents and realize we're actually going to put a world map behind it and and identify oh, where awesome. you know put people's faces with the country that they're from because we realize that the majority of our community is actually not from New Zealand which yeah I think, yeah <laughs> I think is really one of the main reasons that it's so friendly and welcoming and we have such a really open and um and accepting and warm vibe because everyone mm -hmm. knows what it's like to move to a new country and you know settle whether you did it 10 years ago or 15 years ago or you know last week and so I think the type of people that are willing to relocate their whole lives are the type of people that, you know, are open to making new friends and building relationships. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that in hindsight, and again, that wasn't strategic in any way. We haven't targeted people from overseas and we do absolutely yeah. have Kiwis <laughs> and that kind of thing. But uh, we, yeah, we have a lot of international people and I think that really adds to the vibe in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I guess you're right. If they if they've moved countries, they're definitely open to to putting themselves outside their comfort zone and and surrounding themselves with people that they perhaps otherwise didn't know. So co-working spaces are amazing for that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And it can be a great way when you're moving to a new city. Like even if you're, if you're only somewhere for a couple of months, it can be a great way to just make, you know, some fast connections and fast friends because the community is right there for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of advice for people that are starting out in business, I know obviously we have quite a variety of people on the podcast um, doing various industries, but I think yours is, yours is quite unique. We haven't had, well, I haven't spoken to too many people just yet um, that have got, I guess, a physical premise and that are, I guess, kind of really deep into, <laughs> into their business. A lot of the other businesses kind of start a little bit organically and you just slowly build them up and you know you have to put a little <laughs> bit of money in but it's not like signing leases and committing to things and purchasing you know furniture and assets um mm. if somebody was wanting to um not necessarily obviously open a co-working space but if they were wanting to get into a into a premise type uh physical business what are some things that you could pass on to them to look out for or things to to be aware of Um, I mean you've given me advice on this so (laughs) it's funny because I I think that and this is not I'm not unique in this I think if you knew like if you knew now or if you knew when you started what you know now you might not have started Mm -hmm. in the first place (laughs) I was you know we're very ignorant in in how like the the risks that we're actually taking on like we had personal guarantees against the lease um, which is not, mm-hmm. you know, a small sum. And, and so I think starting that, I just assumed that it was going to work out. You know, I had absolute faith um, that I would do whatever it took to make it work. And there have been incredible mm-hmm. challenges along the way. Um, but I've always, I guess, had that mentality. In saying that, though, like there's the the risk that we were taking on was, was not small. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. um, I'd say if you're taking on there are a couple of, you know, good and bad things about having a physical space. So there are some things, parts of it that open you up and there are some parts of it that give you some momentum. And so some of the things that have, you know, worked really well for us that having a physical space, um, again, with events and with people bringing people in for meetings, you know, it starts to generate Mm. a little bit of its own momentum because it's a hub. And so that marketing piece is something unique that, you know, when you you have a service-based business, you don't always or uh, sorry, you know, a regular, a a business without, you know, the physical community or the physical premise, Mm -hmm. you don't have that kind of momentum or organic, organic sort of Mm -hmm. growth from, from events and from other people, other customers referring you. So that has worked well for us. Um, I think the, the, the more you can do to, to mitigate your risks, um, the better. So what I mentioned before around building uh, demand. Uh, this is something I have recommended to everybody that has, uh, anyone that's ever going to launch anything, you know, you don't have to have a physical space to do this, but build demand before you invest any money at all. Because if you can't mm-hmm. sell somebody on your vision or your idea, you're not going to sell them on your product when push comes to shove. And so if nobody yeah. is willing to put down money, even, you know, even if it's like 20 or 50 bucks, um, pre-sell seats, you know, pre, you don't ha- you can refund everybody's money. You know, I don't know the legalities mm-hmm. around it. So, you know, don't take, take my word for it, but you know, if, yeah. <laughs> if you pre-sell seats and then you'd never, ever launch, you can give everyone's money back and no harm done versus signing, you know, a yeah. hundred thousand dollar lease and then, and then trying to mm-hmm. make it all work. And so yeah. I think that's definitely one thing, uh, one positive thing you can do to, to give yourself a little bit of momentum to start with. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then again, just mitigating your risks around the financial piece. So the biggest cost that you will have in a business that has um, such high fixed costs are are your lease. And so, you mm-hmm. know, you have kind of consumables and that kind of thing. But for us, the lease is the majority of our fixed costs. And so if you don't do your best to negotiate that to the lowest it could possibly be, um, mm-hmm. you're, yeah, you're, you can't unwind it once you start. And so, yeah. and also building in, and this is again, one thing, ignorance is a little bit of bliss. You, <laughs> I thought we were going to grow so much more quickly than we did. And so <laughs> yeah. they, you know, everybody does, but your, um, what you build into your financial model around how quickly you can start covering those fixed costs and how quickly you're profitable and breaking even and how quickly you're able to pay yourself is is going to be a lot lower than you probably think it is. And so it took us a lot longer to get to that profitability mark than, than I thought. And so just doing things, you know, you and I talked about this the other day, just around what can you do, even negotiating with a landlord? Well, the landlord is well aware that it takes time to get a business off the ground. And so, you know, it's, it's standard, I think, in the industry to get at least a couple of months of rent rent free while you get started mm-hmm. a couple months doesn't get you very far. Um, but even, yeah. you know, can you get a discounted, uh, discounted rate for the first year, a, a lesser discount for the second year? What can you do around those um, to work, mm-hmm. work with the landlord and build that into your lease before you get started? Because again, you can't, you can't undo it once it's done. And if your growth isn't yeah. as strong as you think it is, and, and you haven't built yourself sort of the worst case, you're, you're not able to cover the worst case, um, then you're pretty much fucked. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But to visit, I guess to finish on a positive note, what are some things um that you are really really stoked about over the last couple of years any really um I guess big highlights for you whether it's personal or or business related? Um just something that you are super chuffed with. Yeah, honestly, uh probably just the business in general. It's, I think what we have kind of has sort of been a theme throughout the conversation is just personal growth. Like you, Mm -hmm. it's, it can be really, really challenging, but it's also incredibly rewarding. You know, when I look over and I see people high-fiving or I see, you know, collaborations happening Mm -hmm. and all of this stuff is, has nothing to do with me. You know, it's the, it's the momentum that the community has and it's the relationships that are being built. And that is, I think, the most fulfilling thing is to now see that at a point where um, a lot of that stuff is happening without me. And we have a team now that is just absolutely incredible. And to see to see myself, I guess, as a leader and empowering other people to do things instead of just doing it all myself. And I think as mm-hmm. far as what I'm absolutely stoked with this year is is feeling like the business has its own momentum and mm-hmm. and there are things happening and people, you know, contributing in incredible ways that have nothing to do with me you know you're you start out taking ownership for everything and everything is yours and being in control of it all and then you kind of let it go and it's really this beautiful unfolding like if you've done your job Mm. um then all of this stuff and all these people are contributing to something that you sort of started and they they get to um they get to add their own flavor to and I think that's been the most rewarding thing for me and what I'm looking at for the rest of this year is just exploring new opportunities and seeing myself, I guess, grow as a leader because leadership is something that I've, um, I've basically no experience with. And, um, <laughs> and it's really incredible. I think the, the 
most rewarding thing is seeing myself make all the mistakes, you know, like seeing the fuck ups and being able to learn from them. And that's um, something yeah. I actually love. It's re- been a really, um, to just feel like a bit of a child, um, like completely, a complete novice at something and, um, and mm-hmm. sort of fumbling my way through it and learning as I go. And I think that's, um, yeah, that's a really rewarding thing for me that I'm really pumped about for the rest of this year. And what we, uh, what I talked about before, just around my passion for empowering women and, and helping support um, just women to grow and the idea of transformational experiences and that kind of thing and possibly running retreats. And so there's lots of ideas that are kind of circling, but I'm trying to um, not take on too much at once uh, and, and sort of focus on this for the next, yeah. uh, the next little bit. But that's something that's definitely on my radar and I'm really, really excited about for the future. Amazing. Cause I was, I was going to ask, I was like, what's, what is on the radar? But I know we have spoken about the focus and the, and the, and the consistency. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see the, the workshop grow and evolve over the, over the coming years. It's a beautiful space. And if I was in Auckland, I would be there all the time. I absolutely love it. <laughs> it's such a nice, bright, I don't know, it's just got such a cool vibe about it. You've done an awesome, awesome job at, at fostering, uh, yeah, just a really cool energy. I love it. Thank you. Well, it's honestly, and seeing your events come to life in this space are, it's one of the, your energy is one of the things that adds to the vibe of the space, you know? So you and all of the other, you know, people in the community, it's, uh, mm. it, yeah, it feels, um, it feels even a little bit strange to, um, to take ownership for it because I, I just know how many other people and, and how much, um, how much work, you know, on your part and, and, and other people that actually goes into creating that vibe. And so you guys bring the energy to it a lot of the time. And so thank you for that. It's been, um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you've provided the platform. We just bring the people. <laughs> <laughs> All in yeah. Um, cool. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? Um, anything you wanted to share? Anything you wanted to, to let us know about that's happening at the workshop or anything that you, you know, anything? The, the floor is yours. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Sorry, I, I think... totally put you on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wish I had the questions ahead of time. Um, Sorry. You know, <laughs> what's, um, I mean, what's happening at the workshop? Just we're uh for the next you know foreseeable future just focusing a lot on what the customer experience is like you know how do we make people feel amazing from the moment they get in touch with us to the moment they sign up and and beyond that like their first year we have a lot of people hitting their one year anniversaries now so how do we just deliver an exceptional experience for everyone and make people feel really great like um wowing people is one of our big things and and that's a big focus so what's happening I guess coming up for us is you know just more events in the health and wellness space, uh, a bigger focus on that, a uh, bigger focus on community building and connection and facilitating some of those relationships for the, um, for our residents. And then I think as far as anything else I would have to say, one of the biggest things for me that I've, you know, become very cognizant of with myself. And I think with a lot of entrepreneurs, but probably with a lot of your listeners, because I think it's a big thing for women is the idea of you know, just being really afraid to fail. And I think it's something Mm -hmm. that as women, it tends to hold us back in so many ways. And not that we're the only ones that deal with it, but I think it's really a big challenge for us because, you know, we're taught from a very young age, you know, you, um, you don't fail, you know, you look, um, you're supposed to be, you know, feminine and, and pretty and, 
and do these things. And, mm-hmm. and boys are taught to play rough and tumble. And, you know, failure is not internalized in the same way with boys as it is with girls. And I think, I just think that's really bullshit. And so mm-hmm. I would love yep. to, and, and it's, it's not easy, you know, you don't just say it and then it goes away because I'm aware of yeah. <laughs> all the time, but just don't be afraid to fail. You know, if you make mistakes or, or fuck up or, you know, your business mm-hmm. doesn't, uh, doesn't continue in the way you wanted to, you know, we talked about, um, my first business not working out, you know, it doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything about you that this didn't, this opportunity didn't work out or you failed or, you know, I hate, I don't even like using the word failure, but I think when you feel scared yeah. about something when you're taking a risk like lean in instead of pulling back and I I know it's kind of a little bit cliche now you know with Cheryl Sandberg's book and and that kind of thing but it's so powerful like I love like that book changed my life and I think the more Mm -hmm. we can lean into to failure um or or risk or possible failure you know don't be afraid of looking dumb don't be afraid of Mm -hmm. um of anything really because the the worst that'll happen you'll learn an incredible amount from it and and those are you know, most of the time I think you lean in and you pull it off and you just fucking amaze yourself at what yes. you accomplished. <laughs> and that just yes. falls in, into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, you know, you parlay that. And so I think that's one thing I see with women. And I would, um, I would just encourage, you know, your listeners to, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the, we've talked about the same thing, but one of, uh, Tim Ferriss's challenges at Stanford or wherever it was he taught was go out and get, 20 no's from people, you know, ask people Mm. on the street for, you know, a sip of their coffee or, you know, uh, ask ask people (laughs) things that you think you're going to get a no from just to like, to step outside your comfort zone and, and feel really uncomfortable. And what you realize is I think two things, a, it's actually a lot harder to get a no than you think, you know, most of the time you don't end up failing. That fear is all just in your head. And the second thing is, mm-hmm. even when you do, even when you do fall or, you know, here, no, it's not as bad as you thought it was, you know, it's not a deal breaker. It, it was actually, uh, you're able to weather it. And so I think, mm. I guess that's just one thing, my long winded way of saying, don't be afraid to fail. I think when you're afraid, lean yeah, in. definitely. I'd be much more afraid not to fail because it means that <laughs> I haven't tried <laughs> yeah. and that I'm still sitting in the same position that I was six months ago, 12 months ago. Like I just, I think that we all need to be putting ourselves out there and, and moving forward. And yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be roadblocks and, and things that we have to jump over and things that might knock us back. But if we just keep that, that not non fear of failure, um, mm. that will definitely kind of, I guess, help to shape and shape how other people treat their lives as well I think I, I I like to I like to lead by example and I like to encourage others to do the same because if if something that you've done or you want to do is something that somebody else also wants to do and they see you try that is going to encourage them to go and do the same and I think that'll just make the world a better place ultimately <laughs> oh definitely definitely and you're just your shared experience around that is you're able to help yeah. other people through your successes or your failures in a really powerful way. So mm-hmm. that's amazing yeah. either way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, it's been so, so lovely chatting in with Kristen and I am super excited to be coming back up to hang out in your space in June. It's going to be amazing. Um, and I will definitely be getting you back on the podcast. I, I've decided that I'm going to do like a – 
Where Are They Now <laughs> series in, in like 12 months' time <laughs> to see where everyone's at and, and what progress they've made and, and what's changed because I think that's another thing is that business is, is a, an ever-evolving beast and, and things can change and, and directions and, and focus. Um, and I think that's exciting and it's all part of it and it's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just a thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of excited to see where the workshop is in 12 months time yeah that's oh and, and Kristen obviously is yeah even you saying that is really I think scary and exciting at the same time because I think um nothing ever turns out the way you think it is or the way you think mm -hmm. it will and so um yeah happy to come back and and looking forward yes. to it and um I don't know if I'll regret <laughs> regret saying that or regret looking back and uh, <laughs> no <laughs> yeah no, I think I think it'll be an amazing conversation in twelve months' time, and of course, obviously, I'll still be hanging out in your space every few months. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll get to see the progress as it as it kind of happens. But um, the listeners will get a, an insight in in a year's time, and and we'll um see what exciting things have happened in in your world and yours. Yeah, looking forward. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I, I often wonder, I'm like, will the podcast even still be here in a year's time? <laughs> like, I don't even know. Who would know? <laughs> That's the best part. Awesome. You know. It is. It is. It's exciting. Who knows what's going to happen, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm all for it. Let's just see how it unfolds. Definitely. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kristen. It has been a lovely chatting with you. And oh, and how can people get a hold of you? I forgot that on one of my episodes. <laughs> How can they find you? Where are you based? You know, so people can stalk uh, you out. Yeah, well, we're, I actually try to avoid social media as much as I can. Um, so personally, okay. I don't that, do, really do a lot on social. I think the last time I logged into Instagram was like a year ago. Um, but we do mm -hmm. have an Instagram account for the workshop. I think it's the workshop Auckland. And mm -hmm. we, if you want to come by to any of our events, we're in Ponsonby on Cromer Road in Auckland. So feel free to swing by and anyone that's in will have a cup of coffee for you or you can come by for some yoga or meditations or uh, community lunch. So any anytime any one of your listeners uh, is in Auckland, definitely uh, come by and somebody will uh, somebody was happy to chat. Awesome, awesome. That's, and um, is it the workshopauckland.co.nz for your web address? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you're all good. <laughs> um, and is that the best place to find out what events are happening or is it on Facebook? Where's the, the best place to um, They're all out? listed on our website under, I think, mm -hmm. I think it's called what's happening or what's up. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, but Facebook is probably the easiest way. And then you can register all of our event links are on there and that's probably the most up to date. So we have, um, yeah, we have probably six to seven events a month. So um, mm -hmm. they're all listed on there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I love, I love when I'm going somewhere new, I kind of try to scope out things that are, you know, that I could potentially go to events, concerts, whatever's going on. So um, it's always mm. nice to, to know where, where we can find out what cool things are potentially happening in your space. Yeah. And June 19th, there's a really cool event happening. There is a really cool event <laughs> happening. <laughs> Girlboss Chat Series um, Edition 3 for Auckland. It's going to be so yeah. cool. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too, Kristen. Well, thank you so much. And um, I will talk to you again soon, but I will see you in June. Thank you, Kylie. It's been great having you. Cool. Cheers. Bye.
Bye. Now, if you are in Auckland or if you are visiting Auckland, make sure you check out what is happening at the Workshop Auckland, uh, which is uh, workshopauckland.co.nz. Uh, check out their Facebook page, see what cool events and things are happening in the space. Um, or if you're just wanting a space to work from for a day or even potentially longer term, um, definitely hit up um, Kristen. She is fantastic. The space is amazing. The people are lovely and you will just dig the space, I'm sure. I hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode and this podcast as much as I have enjoyed creating it. And if you have loved it, I would absolutely love if you would give us a subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and leave us a review if you have loved it as well. Now, we do have amazing tickets for sale at the moment for the Girl Boss Chat Series live events, which are happening in Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch. Uh, unfortunately, Christchurch has sold out, but the Auckland and Wellington tickets are both available for sale at the moment with the early bird pricing available until the end of the month or until it sells out. So don't dilly-dally. If you head along to businessbuildhers.com forward slash events, you will find all of the information there and you can secure your ticket today. Really hope to meet you at the event and I would love to hear any feedback or any uh, recommendations you have for this podcast. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram at businessbuildhers uh, or my personal, which is at Kylie J. Richardson. Awesome people. I love you so much and I can't wait to talk to you soon.